Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 580, recorded live on Saturday, January 5th, 2019. And here are your hosts, the man who is sounding like me cough-wise, Dave Pillay. Hey. And the man who just can't get his to go away, Andy Lowe. Hi. You either, huh? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's been hanging on. Yeah. I've had this since mid-November. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, this is not good. You should probably see someone about it. Well, I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, it's, you know, just the cold and flu season. So, you know, it should go away and it hasn't gone away. I just keep myself hydrated and, you know, try and keep my throat, you know, liquidated. Liquidated? I don't know. Wet. Moist. Wet. Yes. Wet. Keep your throat wet. Now, here's the interesting question. When they when they say that, do they understand what they actually mean? Like, what part of your throat are you trying to keep moist? Your, your windpipe? You know, where the air goes and where the cough comes from? Because you, you don't put water down that. Right? Like... Yeah. Oh, just keep drinking water and keep it moist and wet. And like, um, that's not how it works. <laughs> anyway. Hi, Andy. Hello. How are you? Doing... On this fine Saturday morning. Oh, I had a, uh, got woken up by a work phone call at eight o'clock in the morning. Ugh. Yeah. One phone in the building would not answer one line. The problem is that was so, the main line for that studio. So it's oh. like, oh. So yeah, I, I call them up and, you know, the other studios can answer. And I'm like, why the heck can this one phone not answer this one line? That's just weird. <clears throat> so I have to go through and reset all the stuff. And then as soon as, you know, as soon as I turn it off and turn it back on again, everything, you know, starts connecting again and it works. And I'm like, great. Cool. This is getting annoying. <laughs> So all it needed was a reboot. Yes. The problem is, is this phone is on its own separate network. By itself. Yeah. Why is there a phone on a network by itself? Because it's all uh, audio over IP, voice over IP phones. Yeah. And, and this one is not? No, it. No, this one is. It, it, but the phone, yeah, that phone network, you know, the, the actual phone hybrid box only has one network jack on it. Okay. <clears throat> so I can't, you know, I don't want to stick it on our regular network because then all the regular network traffic is going to start screwing up the uh, the speed of the audio over, you know, I don't want somebody's mm. YouTube video to kill the phones. Right. It's kind of amusing thinking about that. But that... Like lis- listening to a radio call-in show and like... Just listening to the quality degrade as someone is starting to download something. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it before. I'll see it again. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, yeah, no, so got that all worked out. And at that point, Isaac was up. So I'm like, okay, we're hanging out with Isaac this morning. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's worse things. Mm hmm. Spending the morning with your son. Yep. Whose uh, thing right now is um, taking uh, things and playing. He, he's a drummer at heart now, it seems. 
Oh, something about apples and trees. Yeah, I know. You're like, yeah, I kind of wish he was different. <laughs> Poor Andy. Poor Andy. Oh, no. Your son enjoys hitting things and making noise. What kind of baby is that? <sighs> Getting this kid a drum kit for his like fifth birthday. That's what gift receipts are for. <laughs> no receipt. I found out if we can figure out where you bought it from, we can take it back. Like, um, somebody got us this uh, ball that's supposed to do like alphabets and numbers and everything. Which yeah. uh, when we were at, when we were at the Hanses, they had it there, and Isaac really loved it. He he loves balls. Um, so somebody got it for us for Christmas. The problem is, is the uh, battery compartment, the screw was just stripped. So you couldn't open it. I couldn't open it to put the batteries on there. I'm like, well, shoot, we either, you know, I try and tear this thing apart and, you know, try and get it this way, or we just, you know, return it. But there was no gift receipt. But, you know, we found it for sale at Kohl's. We're like, oh, okay. So we just put it in the box. We brought it back to Kohl's and they gave us a Kohl's gift card in return. I'm like, okay. I know uh, Kohl's does that. Target does that as well. So yeah, Basically, if they have it, they'll, yes. they'll do it. Yes. And they'll give you yep. store credit for it. So, you know. <clears throat> I still remember yep, somebody yep. got me Call of Duty for Christmas and they didn't have a gift <clears throat> receipt. I tried taking that to GameStop and they're like, I'm sorry, we can't accept this. I'm like, why not? <laughs> we don't know if you bought it from us. It's a completely sealed box. I'm like, what happened? Put it back on the shelf. (laughs) Like, nope. So yeah, I took it over to Target and, you know, Target, because, you know, Black Friday and it was an old game, you know, I got 18 bucks for it. I'm like, ah, whatever. Mm. So have you... Call of Duty? No. Uh, Have you played your Assassin's Creed Origin yet? Or Odyssey? I have not because the the connection won't let me from up here, and I haven't taken my my stuff to work to try it there. Oh, when's the deadline? I am checking that out right now because it was on their blog on the play page, Project Stream. Da-da, let me check. The, no, no, I don't want to send feedback. Is it in the help menu? Shoot, it was somewhere. I'll have to. Uh... Is that on the Ubisoft page? Jeez. The problem is I can't, you know, there's two separate groups. I'm like, okay, was it in this help menu or was it in this help menu? I don't know. (laughs) It was somewhere. Yeah. I know it was somewhere. Let's see if it's in my, here we go. Announcement, Google product forms. Here we go. It's on the Ubisoft blog. Okay. Uh, now in January 15th. Okay. So I have one more week. Yes. And you should make sure to spend your free, uh, thousand Helix credits because it's a free 10 bucks. So when you get mm-hmm. the new game, you're not going to, the, the credits don't carry over. Uh, but if you buy something with the credits, then it will carry over. Okay. My suggestion, buying the XP boost. Yeah. Yeah. Just to level up a little faster. Yes. <clears throat> yes. All right. Oh my gosh. It, I feel like they should have just, you know, just by default boosted it. 
because sometimes you're just like, really? That's all I got for that? Uh, fine. <laughs> you, you poor thing, Andy. I know. Again, like, mm-hmm. such a hard world. I know. Well, I only have, you know, so, mu- so amount of time to play. That's true. So. That's true. What they really need is, like, a, a parent mode. Not a parental mode, but a parent mode. Of. It should be a new difficulty level. So it's, you know, you've like easy, normal, hard. Yeah. There should be one called parent where like you just start with tons of stuff. You you start with like uh, you gain XP a lot faster. So the game starts about the same, but it gets easier faster. Yes. Where, you know, it, the um, rapid like travel things are already unlocked or or unlock sooner. Yes. You know, your horse speed is, you know, 50% faster. Right, right. Yeah. Just, like, you want to play the game, yes. and you still want a challenge, but you want to be able to finish it sooner. Yes. It's kind of like there was, um... Oh, I was looking this up. There was, like, an Express version of Clue. What? Yeah, Clue Express. Basically, what it does, if I remember correctly, it kind of just removes the house a house or a room like the the there is um i think like you just roll the die okay and then hold on i'm trying to see if i can but like part of the strategy of clue is moving the other players around yes it, but yeah no you know it would be nice if you just didn't have to worry about the rooms in clue but yeah they say like yeah this version of clue you can finish it in 20 minutes I'm like all right I don't know how I feel about that. Like, cool that you can finish it faster, but the the method of doing so seems not as cool. Yeah, it removes the mansion from the game. So, all right, man. Let me tell you. So, I I, I have Clue on my phone, right? I think I reviewed yes. it at some point. Yes. <sighs> Trying to play it you against said, like the AI cheats. No, the AI doesn't cheat, but the AI okay. the AI knows how to play the game. <laughs> The AI was programmed by Clue experts. Yeah, basically. So it, you know, the the, the Clue AI is smart. You know, it gives suggestions <laughs> of stuff that's in their own hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, okay, so I, I have an idea, but I'm not sure because they made a suggestion with cards that they already own to try and have a better chance at finding out the information that they don't know. And I'm just like, okay. Yep. And they're very... You know, they always pay attention to what the other players are asking about. Mm. And they can track it a hell of a lot better than you can. Uh-huh. So I've gotten to the point now with some of these games where it's like, you know, if I have just... Because I'm just playing by myself and, you know, it's like, okay, if I win, great. If I lose, it gets annoying. So I've been getting a little more and more risky with my final accusations because <laughs> it's super annoying where you know you get something you're really close and then you have to wait through five computer players in order to get your next turn again and by the time that fifth person gets around it's like oh they've made an accusation accusation you're like oh son of a yeah so i'm like uh maybe it was the dining room not sure but i'll you know i'll i'll bet the game on it i'll bet the game on it you know because if I don't, I'm going to lose anyway. Yep. But man, oh, I actually play Clue against actual people now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you like destroy them? 
I don't know. I haven't actually played Clue against actual people in a very long time. Well, it's because you're too good, Andy. Well, now I actually know how to use the whole uh, detective notepad. Because before when I played it, you know, you'd only use like one column out of the, the six columns on that sheet. Okay. But the six columns on that sheet are supposed to correlate with um, you and the other players. So yeah. everybody has their own column. I never did that. Oh, <laughs> until, I did. Until the game started doing it for me. I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah, it's, it's so you can say, like, this person asked for this or has this. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's... You know, we Did you just, just use one column and then, like, for the next game, use the same sheet? Yeah. I see. Well, at least you got six times the number of games. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Um, should we maybe move into topics? I suppose. I mean, we can keep talking about Clue and other board games. There's a new-ish board game I saw on, uh, on, on deals at Amazon. It's like a 20-pound board game. Just for all the stuff that's in it. Oh, jeez. It's like $100. That's... Board games got expensive, man. Yeah. Currently, number one on Board Game Geek is Gloomhaven. Yeah, that's it. 140 bucks. Yeah. Jesus. And it, the box is 20 pounds. And somehow Pandemic Season 1 Legacy is still ranked number two. Not, well, you know, Season really 2. Liked- People like pandemic. Yeah, I have, I have, I have the box sitting on the board game shelf. It's just, it's a one-time only thing. So it's like you know, I gotta. Yeah, but it, it's a one-time only thing where you do it once a month for a year. It's really a twelve-time only thing. Yeah, but you know, it's like I, I want to find a good group that won't <clears throat> abandon it partway through. Hi. <laughs> Getting out there once a month would be would be not easy. Do not draw, reveal, look at, handle, or otherwise disturb these cards until instructed. Oh, love it. Mm-hmm. That's another um, app on my phone that I you know I enjoy playing by myself. I'm not very good at it though. Which game? Pandemic. Oh, when I'm by myself, it's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a team game. Sort of. I still want to play my my ultimate pandemic. Where you're not allowed to talk about the game? Right. Could we you try talk that? About with, anything else? Could you try that huh? with Forbidden Island first? Maybe. Probably. I would say try that with Forbidden Island first before... Before jumping into Pandemic? Yeah. But Pandemic is so fun. Yeah, but that could go very wrong very quickly in Pandemic... Does Forbidden Island have cards? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to pass the cards between people. Okay. <clears throat> yep. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, I'll try say, it. Yeah, do. I, I still think just jumping into Pandemic and trying it there, personally. I feel like nobody's going to have a good time with that. I think everyone would have a good time. I think we'd lose, but I think everyone would have a good time. The idea is, like, you'd, you'd lose. I, I guess the better way would be to record the moves in the game and, like... At the end, if you lose, play it back and say, like, okay, here's what I was thinking and what I wanted to try and do. And here's what I thought you were thinking so that we could try and do this. 
as I said, like it would have to be a group of people who know each other. It would have to be a group of people who know the game very well. Yeah. Maybe even have a, a like strategy session before you set up the game. So you're you're not going to talk about the game during the game, but you're going to talk about the game before you play the game? Before you even know the setup of the game. Because the whole point is that when you play Pandemic, it like inevitably falls down to a person tells another person what to do. Mm. CES is coming up. Yes. It is this week. This weekend, in fact. It is like right now, literally. It is it is happening. Um, we don't have much information about it because it is happening right now. But wait for next week when we'll get to talk about what people saw at CES. Yay! Which I have a feeling is going to be a lot of automotive things. I, I saw that. Why is there so much car stuff at CES? I don't know. Okay. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Granted, did you did you see that the Detroit Auto Show is moving? To where? To the middle of summer. Oh, so it's not to where, it's to when. Yes. Okay. I thought, like, maybe we Detroit was losing the auto show or something. No, Detroit would never... Detroit, Motor City. Yeah? Would... No, the Motor City would never yeah. lose the auto show. Really? Never? <clears throat> never is a very long time, Andy. True. Just want to put that out there. Never is a very long time. It'd be a, be really surprise. Okay, how about surprising if Detroit okay. stopped doing an auto show? I I would agree with that. It would be very surprising. I was about to be very surprised. In fact, uh, okay. So the, the auto show is moving to the summer. Well, it used to be in what, like March, January. It used to be in January. Okay. Yeah, this year is still in January. So Jan, uh, right after Martin Luther King day okay they they always do martin luther king day sometime during the, the show just because the when is mlk day 21st yep so the show runs from the 14th through the 27th so it's one of those things it's like yep no they always do it during mlk that, day that day in there somewhere yes because okay. detroit public schools are off that day and so all the kids can go to the auto show yep <clears throat> seems a little weird I don't know. I didn't go to the auto show ever. I used to go every single year, but now the le- now it's like a two and a half hour drive over there, and you know it hasn't been really exciting the last couple of years. I can't tell if Kate's making noises at Isaac or at us. I don't know. They're watching Paw Patrol right now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Other topics. So speaking of watching things. I know what I'm watching on January 19th this year. Which is? Our first topic listed. Oh. Oh, is that when it's coming out? Yep. Two weeks. Oh, it's that type of animation style. Oh. You don't like it? No. It's just been used so heavily recently. Well, yes, because it's like a modern style. (sighs) I've just seen it way too often. I just... mm. Because I think the... uh... What was it? They were going to do a Tangled cartoon. And I think that was... I think it's in that same sort of stylish. It's just like, oh, fine, whatever. Well, I'll tell you how it is. You don't need to watch it. I, d- I don't? Why, is it, is it bad? 
I, Andy, it comes out in two weeks. I don't know. Oh. You're complaining about the animation style, though, so you yes, don't need to watch I it. I don't I'll, need to I'll watch it. I'll tell you how it is. Okay. And I'll tell you in, like, three weeks if it's something that, no, you actually need to watch and just put up with the style. All right. All right, but, okay, it's coming out, so that's... that's a... Have you been playing the new Hearthstone thing? There was, like, an expansion, wasn't there? Yes. How is it? Um, well, I already finished all of the single-player content. Oh, Oh my. So you know how the last couple of single player contents, you could run it multiple times? Yeah. And, you know, you actually wanted to run it multiple times in order to get the top rewards. Um, this one, you don't really get to pick your hero. <clears throat> okay. And each of the heroes has three options for um, basically little totems that do special things that make, you know, that are like that uber powered so you know the your enemy has one as well so you want to try and take down their totem while you know protecting your sort of thing and i did it once right off the bat boom 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 and i was done with it and like okay hey here's your card back and you're done i'm like well i could replay it if i wanted to but i don't why yeah but why especially since i I don't get to pick the hero. I am randomly given... It's just like an arena draft where I'm randomly given one of three choices. And it's just like, well, okay. So I'm randomly given one of three choices and then I don't even get to choose the totem. I am randomly given one of three totems for the character that I choose. And I'm just like, all right, well, whatevs. It was a neat idea. It'd be nice, you know, if I could actually, you know, have a list where, you know, if... If you beat it 27 times, you know, one with every combination, then you get something special. But they didn't do that. They just like, okay, it's a fancy arena draft. Go. So I am kind of excited, though, because the new cards have kind of put Hunter as the class to play right now. God, it, it is. Absolutely. I saw the graph of, like, the top decks and the top players and what they're playing right now. And Hunter is ahead by... A factor of two over the next most common. Which is great, though, because I have the Hunter class, for me, is the class that has the the most cards. So I already had majority of the cards on these top decks. I'm like, all right, well, just copy deck to clipboard, create deck, play, destroy. Cheat. Not cheat. You still have to, you know, understand the deck. If that's what you need to tell yourself, Andy. Why reinvent the wheel? I see the decks and I go, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so, you know, it's a spell hunter deck, you know. You know because make- seeing seeing a deck and seeing someone use it, be like, okay, that's an interesting style. I can make something like that. That's one thing. Taking their work and just copying it is... That's something else. So... You haven't. If you saw their their general idea of the deck and then made your own. That is awesome, and congratulations. Yeah, so, no, I have issues with copy pasting decks. What have um have you? I was going to try and try and connect to somehow to Factorio. I'm thinking. I mean, there's there's blueprint strings in Factorio. <laughs> like literally, there's a there is a mechanism in the game for doing that. So, uh, you know, copying somebody's blueprint string is okay? Well, again, so in, in Hearthstone, you are using a third-party tool to do that. 
No, no, it's in, well, sort of. They built it into mm-hmm. the game for you to copy and paste okay. decks. Like, uh, I can create a in, deck, and then I can say, like, you know, create, you know, string for this deck. Yep. In Factorio, I have definitely looked at other people's designs, and I have emulated them. Uh, I've used the blueprint strings only for my own designs, um, and I will often look at their design and say, like, oh, that's really clever, and why is that? Oh, my God, that's why it works, and then I can use that. Yes, in the game, though, like, there, there is a, a community. In fact, there is a web page, uh, Factorio Prince. FactorioPrince.com, where you can go and just look up what people have posted as blueprints. I even posted a thing up there. Factorio Blueprints, okay. <clears throat> so how is that different than... Um, it's not. Hearthpone. Oh, this website? Yeah. I suppose Hearthbone. Um, I mean, it's it's really not. This is just a it's it's a way of just seeing it all. Simple four hundred eighty megawatt no waste nuclear plant. <laughs> Are you just looking at what like the most favorited? I'm just looking at stuff that was on the main page. Ah, it's purified saline water. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Power indicator lights. Oh, that's hilarious. And see, like, looking at these is, is cool, but it doesn't give you the whole story. Harder, better, faster, stronger? Oh, God, someone used the in-game. Oh, to use it as a... <laughs> That's funny. They made a keyboard. Oh, my God. Really? Here, 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 here. I know, I'm watching the YouTube video right now. Yeah, that's crazy. And the blueprint is there, so you can just, you know, plop that into your own base. Ridiculous. Yes. Just right. Okay, so what other topics do we got? Um, there's a bunch of legal stuff happening. All right. <clears throat> Where do you want to start? With NVIDIA possibly having a class action lawsuit against them? Sure. For what? Uh, for the supposition of the complaint that NVIDIA misled shareholders by overstating its ability to weather the crumbling of the cryptocurrency market as pertaining to mining with GPUs. Huh. Uh, NVIDIA made false, this is from the, the document, NVIDIA made yeah. false and misleading statements to the market. <clears throat> NVIDIA touted its ability to monitor the cryptocurrency market and make rapid changes to its business as necessary. The company claimed to be masters at managing our channel, and we understand the channel very well. NVIDIA also claimed to the market that any drop-off in demand for its GPUs amongst cryptocurrency miners would not negatively impact the company business because of strong demand for GPUs from the gaming market. I remember those statements when they put those out. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's good. And and they are alleging that this is not the case? Well, the uh, class action <coughs> takes issue is the steep decline in NVIDIA's share price after the <coughs> cryptocurrency bubble burst. For the most part, it stopped being profitable to mine cryptocurrencies like Ethereum using GPUs towards the end of 2018. So it the stock price was... At nearly 300 in early October, and the company is now currently trading at 133.50. That's a pretty sharp drop. Yeah. And so they're upset because they lost money in the market. Yes, because NVIDIA and, supposedly was not able to ha- weather the storm of the uh, cryptocurrency bubble. I see. Which, what the heck, What the, what is a uh, RTX 2080 Ti currently at? Um, A lot. 
1000 TI model. Oh, okay. Yeah, $1,200. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but you're looking at the TI. Yeah. Take off the TI, it's a lot cheaper. It's 800 bucks. Which is still very expensive, mm-hmm. but not that bad. <laughs> right? The RTX 2060 is rumored to start at $350. The what? The RTX 2060. Okay. 350 Hmm. It's a, a lower number. Oh, yeah. It's the first Saturday, isn't it? <clears throat> yep. Sorry, okay. the, the, the tornado warning sirens are going off. Oh, okay. You, you guys have it even in the winter? Well, they, they always test the system the first Saturday of every month at 1 o'clock. Ah, it's interesting. We, we test ours on, I think it's the first Wednesday of the month, uh, but only during, like, months where it would make sense for there to be a tornado. Mm. So, I don't know, I mean, again, Andy and I are not lawyers, neither of us went to law school. Do they actually have a, like, a case for this? I, th- most people think it's an uphill battle. They could try and fight, you know, take this to court, but uh, I, I don't know. I could ask Jamie to respond, you know, to, is if think that, you know, they have a case. Right. Because, like, I don't know. I, it's, you're investing in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit's going to happen. Their mm-hmm. stock price is going to go up and down. But I think they were just trying to point out the fact that NVIDIA was misleading, I guess, its uh, ability to handle to the show- situation. They have to show the intent to mislead. Which you would probably have to find some sort of internal <clears throat> documentation or something. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll see how what happens with that. Probably nothing, but... Hopefully nothing. Yeah. Unless they actually did intend to mislead, in which case, hopefully that comes out. Uh, other legal issues. If you recall, there was a, a lawsuit between Bethesda... And not Warner Brothers directly, but a company that was working for Warner Brothers. Yeah. Fallout, Shelter, and Westworld, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, That was back in June, and the case is done, which is to say they they are not going to court. They have reached an agreement. Uh, It has been amicably resolved, but there's no details of what that resolution is, and the... Uh, the, the Bethesda has dismissed its claims with prejudice, so they cannot bring this back up later. <clears throat> so, secret deal, some way to resolve this that didn't involve going to court. Okay. Gotta love those secret deals. Yeah. So they aren't saying, they don't want to say, uh, we will never know if the company actually did or did not copy code. Or if they just paid Bethesda some amount, or if Bethesda's making money, like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Issue's been resolved, both sides agree to pay for their attorney's fees. So it wasn't even a, like, yeah, we'll drop this, but you're paying for our attorney. So it's just basically just... We don't know. Yep. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So, other court news. Um, Minnesota Attorney General... Laurie Swanson sued Comcast on December 21st. Oh, cool. 
The complaint alleges, among other things, that Comcast reps falsely told customers that the company's regional sports network and broadcast TV fees were mandated by the government and not controlled by Comcast itself. Really? Those two fees now total eighteen twenty-five a month. And, in case you're wondering, Comcast is the one who sets those who fees. Who sets those... Yeah. That is not a government mandate. No. No, it's not. There are fees that are government mandate. Yes. Like the universal, you know, universal service fund sort of thing. <laughs> and, you know, taxes that you have to pay. Maybe, maybe the reps meant that, like... This is to cover the cost of these other fees? Well, according to uh, some of the people, the, uh, when people called customer service asking about this, uh, one person said that those fees are actually local fees and correspond to the FCC, and we don't manage those, okay? Those aren't up to Comcast. That's something, again, that's out of our control, that the increases are outside our control, that we have no control over the fees, the only thing Comcast cannot control are the taxes and fees within your state and that the regional sports fee can't be taken off because <clears> it's part of the taxes, which is all completely false. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We have no control over the fees. Wow. No, you you do. <laughs> wow. So the AG is suing and saying, no, you're misleading people. Yes. And you're lying to people. Yes. And Comcast is saying, no, 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 that, that's not us. That's the customer service reps. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Comcast will fight the lawsuit and provided this statement. All right, I'm curious about this. <clears throat> we were fully committed to our customers in Minnesota and that it's important. <laughs> it's important to us to make sure we deliver the best in-class products and services and that our customers understand that the products and services they order. We fully disclose all charges, fees, and promotional requirements, and in fact have made many made numerous enhancements to our communications with our customers over the past few years. That is that is the first true statement. Yes, that, that one is actually true, yes. They do disclose all charges, fees, and promotional requirements. It's not always easy to find. And you know they do disclose it. Uh, the facts today simply do not support the Minnesota AG's allegations, most of which date back several years and have already been corrected. Our preference all along has been to work collaboratively with the Minnesota AG office to resolve any remaining issues the office might have. Mm. The various fees, often unbeknownst to consumers, can add 30% or more to the cable television package's total monthly price. Yeah, the, those two fees are eighteen twenty-five a month? It's, it's 20 bucks a month. Yeah. Right, like essentially, that's two hundred and forty dollars a year. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> the lawsuit noted that in two thousand sixteen, Comcast settled an MCC investigation over the practice of unauthorized services and equipment and fees. <clears throat> Comcast agreed to pay seven hundred thousand in refunds to settle allegations that it used deceptive advertising to promote long-term cable contracts. <sighs> so <laughs> Kate was talking to me about one of her coworkers at lunch who yeah. you know was literally raving about the Comcast's customer service. What? Yeah, I know. Like that, how good it was? Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. That was her reaction and when she told me, that was my reaction. Now that I told you, it's literally all of us are like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> 
No? I'm checking something. Yeah, I'm curious actually what my DirecTV bill right now is. My account. Let's see. Where are you located? Here. I'm located right here. Ooh. I just got a notification that my Amazon wall clock is showing up. Ooh. Oh, you got the clock. I got the clock. We were we were cooking the other day, and we set, like, two timers, and then, like, this is stupid. Let's <laughs> just get the clock. Like... What the hell is my login? Is it this? Nope. All right. Okay. Forgot password. Anyway. I'll, yeah, I'll look that up later. We, yeah. I was looking to see if fiber was available where I'm at yet, and it does not appear to be so. Uh, Ajit Pai. First off, can we get a moment of silence? And Andy, you'll need to, like, come back to the audio to enforce this silence for the challenge to net neutrality that failed in Congress when Congress adjourned and, and reformed. Okay. What are we doing the, the new Congress? What? Okay, so the new Congress is here. Yeah, so the, the challenge to um, the congressional overview for, for the FCC for net neutrality had to happen before the end of the year. And the, the Senate had passed it, but the, um, the House did not. So it's, it's in effect, sort of. It's still being challenged by the courts. Yes, okay. Or in the courts. But, like, that's a thing. Uh, but in either case, like, anyway, uh, dear sweet Mr. Pie is was gloating unable about it? to go. Well, he is gloating about it pretty hardcore and actually wrote a letter to Congress thanking them for, for standing up for uh, the, the not re-implementing the overburdensome, ridiculous, like, heavy-handed maintenance of the Internet. Um, pointing out how, how wonderful it is and how there's been so much growth this year because there's no net neutrality, even though the growth was already there. It's no different than the growth that there was when we had net neutrality. Uh, but anyway, he was also pulling out of going to CES this year. Ah. Because the government shut down. Ah. So he and uh, one of the other commissioners, Brendan Carr, will will not be going to CES this year. Too bad. So sad. Um oh, and there are now five commissioners. Oh, uh who got who got put on? Uh Oh, Jeffrey uh, Starks. De- okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, one okay. one dem and one republican because it needs to be balanced. And it was Jeff Starks and who was the republican? There wasn't a republican. Yeah, they added one of each. Oh, they they extended one. They made one official because there was one who was like a temporary commissioner. Is was was my understanding because there's now five. There, yeah, there's there, yeah because it was Ajit Pai, O'Reilly, Carr, um, Mignon Clyburn. She was the one who was leaving, and uh, Rosenworcel. Okay. Why do I know this? <laughs> I don't know. That was very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I I am thoroughly impressed, sir. Okay, oh, okay, yeah. Um Carr was coming in 
Uh, and so they confirmed Carr for another term. Okay, so that's what you were. All right. Yeah, because these terms are supposed to be in a in a kind of like a rolling rotation. Yeah, like five years. Yeah. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what else do we have? China landed on the moon. On the dark side of the moon, too. What do you mean the dark side of the moon, Andy? There's only one side of the moon. It's always facing us. I know, and they landed on the opposite side. There is no opposite side. Flat moon theory. Don't make me turn this podcast around. (laughs) (laughs) It only makes sense, right? If there's a flat Earth, there should be a flat moon. No. No, but seriously, the Chinese landed on the back of the moon. Yes, on the back side of the moon. They landed in the dark side, which means it had to be an automated landing because they can't communicate with it when it's in the dark side. Yeah, they they had previously put, I think, a satellite up in orbit around there so they could actually... Kind oh, of so they could communicate with it. Yeah. That's cute. What was the name of the the, the satellite they had posted around there? So there's a satellite. How many satellites do we have around the moon? Chang'e 4 probe. And then the U-2 lunar thing there. Oh. Also, fun um, Reddit thread I saw the other day was, what does, what does NASA need to do to handle the Doppler shift that it would experience from all of its various projects, right? If you think about New Horizons and how far out it is, there's there's got to be some like pretty insane stretching of the signal. Oh, because it's moving in space, and it's and we're moving in space. We're it's moving, moving in space very fast away from us. Yeah, and if we're moving towards it in our orbit versus when we're moving away from it in our orbit. That's going to mess it up even more. Oh, yeah. The calculations on the fly would probably just be ridiculous. So, like, how does that get handled? That is an excellent question, actually. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I hadn't really thought about that. I, I assume someone has because it works. But, like, not even the, the, the like, because relativity, the speed of the signal when it gets to whatever spacecraft, it's still being transmitted at the speed of light. Like, it's still receiving it at the speed, but the, the frequency is going to have changed. And the the length of the packet is going to have changed. Think about yeah, oh, I, and Mars. Oh, I know. And, I, like, that's, that's many hundreds of thousands of, of miles per hour. You're going to feel a Doppler shift with that. They're... There are a lot smarter people out there than me who... <laughs> Addressing this problem? Yeah. Probably. Uh, what's the name of the series of telescopes for doing deep space communication? The Deep Space Network. Thank you. <laughs> what's the name of that network of telescopes for deep space exploration? Deep space. Yeah, that. That one. Yeah. Specifically that. Thank you. I just love looking at the DSN and seeing what's happening to it. Yeah, don't they have like a little... I saw that when it was um, the Mars landing mm. at Mission Control, they actually had a picture of the like the, the three basic antennas for the Deep Space Network, and they were actually showing which one they were receiving the uh, signal from. It's like, I would just love just to have a little like, yeah, just that, you know, infographic up and going eyes.nasa.gov slash dsn slash dsn.html Is that the actual infographic? 
I mean, it's it's the live. Here's our what is this? Twelve telescopes, and by telescopes, I mean radio telescopes. So big satellite dishes. Oh, yep. Nope. That's the infographic. Yeah. Because they're also telling who they're listening for. Well, who they're listening to, who they're pointed at. <coughs> uh, so currently, Goldstone is talking to Juno. Uh, Canberra in Australia is actually listening to Voyager 2. And uh, Madrid is talking to the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter and Science Laboratory. <laughs> listening to Curiosity. Did you see the round trip time for a signal between us and Voyager 2? 1.4 days. Days. Yep. <laughs> for signal to get out there and come back. That's just ridiculous. Yep. So at this point, we need to start sending it like the happy birthday message the day before its birthday for it to get there in time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like this page. Uh, it doesn't look like anything's talking to the Parker space probe or solar probe. Mars is 20 minutes away right now. Juno is almost two hours round trip. Hmm. I just love the ones that are like transmitting as they are receiving. Yeah, no, it's super cool. What? What? Nothing. Keep going. Pick something. Um, What else we got? Oh, somebody, uh, was able to fool Google's reCAPTCHA by using Google's own speech-to-text service. <laughs> uh, that's cute. So they, they had it, like, play the sound of, like, I'm blind, so just say this to me. Yes. And then had that piped back to Google's servers for speech-to-text, and then the text came back and it typed the text for them. Yeah, UnCAPTCHA would download the audio CAPTCHA, segment the audio into individual digit audio clips upload the segments to multiple other speech-to-text services, including Google's own, then that converts the service's responses to Digit, and then after, you know, kind of comparing all the groups together, it decides which speech-to-text output is closest to accurate and uploads the answer to CAPTCHA. It returned an 85% success rate. (laughs) That's fantastic. How long does that process take? I guess not long enough. And I guess there was, uh, after that version was released, Google fixed some of the loopholes, and then they switched to spoken phrases rather than digits, but then the researchers claimed that their new method that they used against the other, Google's new method, um, is now accurate at 90%. Well, crap. (laughs) So, what's Google gonna do? Uh, Google knows about it and isn't bothered. The guys have said that they've been in contact with the reCAPTCHA team for over six months now, and they are fully aware of this attack. The team has allowed us to release the code despite its current success. Really? Yes. Well, okay then. I mean, that is for the older style of reCAPTCHA anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the new one watches the mouse and the keyboard and does, like, analysis on the browser. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now I'm digging down into... Andy, stop me. Where are you digging? I'm I'm diving into like reCAPTCHA um, documentation. Well, remember we talked about Project Balloon? Yeah, the balloons. Yes. Well, internet for like everyone for free. Yay! Um, Telecom Kenya will be turning to the Loon balloons to provide mobile phone service. Cool. So that's kind of what it was for, isn't it? Yeah. So they're actually going to try it now out 
on a first like actual commercial telecom tryout. Grats to Google. Yeah. For for trying that. How do they keep the balloons in the air and how do they keep them like stationary? Well, the company has now logged over 30 million kilometers of test flights of the balloons. The engineering team realized that they <laughs> could control where the balloons would travel. So, how? uh do they put like a small motor on the balloon? There's an outer balloon filled with helium. Sound surrounds an inner balloon filled with air, which can be pumped up or vented. When the inner balloon is inflated, the helium is squeezed to a higher density, reducing reducing lift. Um, so, Loon's engineers can control the balloon's altitude to take advantage of different winds at different altitudes, allowing it to travel where it needs to go. Okay, so they they have it based on the wind, and they just raise or lower into different jet streams. Yes. To push the balloon around. Yes. <laughs> Does this not seem like um, I don't, a little overly complicated? <laughs> oh, I love this. In one series of tests, they were able to launch balloons from New Zealand and navigate them so precisely they could provide cell service to target areas in Argentina. That's pretty cool. Not going to lie, it's pretty cool. In fact, the balloons that will ultimately provide cell service across Kenya will be launched from Puerto Rico. And just, like, fly across the Atlantic? Travel across the Atlantic to Kenya. But how will you communicate? Oh. (laughs) How is it powered? Like, I I assume they just have to keep launching and recovering. It looks like they're solar powered. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. Speaking of internet, my internet goes funky for a second. Uh, I think that was mine, actually. Oh. Uh, Nope, I've got unidentifiable network on my ethernet, so I switched over to the Wi-Fi. Oh. So. Because then something happened to both our internets. Because I definitely lost internet connection for a little bit. Creepy. Yep. Well, um, should we actually hit the randoms? Because we're starting to get to that point. Yeah, we can do that my random review isn't it yes yes it is awesome i would like to review a kitchen tool okay now here's the thing uh i i am a a huge like subscriber to the the alton brown do not use unitaskers in the kitchen right i do not like the idea of unitaskers they take up space they have one purpose they are not usually great um, this is designed as a unitask. I'm, I'm sure if you get creative, it doesn't need to be. And in fact, I'm, I may end up trying that. It is the Dash Rapid Egg Cooker. Okay. It is a little device for making eggs. Hard-boiled, soft-boiled, mid-boiled, poached, whatever it is, uh, you, you take the eggs mine is the small model it fits up to a half dozen eggs so you take the eggs you poke a hole in the egg and there's actually a a device that comes with it to poke holes in the eggs and then you put them in the container and you put water in the container and you put the lid on the container and you turn it on and then you walk away and in some number of minutes, depending on how much water you put in there, they they the machine buzzes and you have perfectly cooked, easy to de shell 
hard-boiled eggs. It's fantastic. Like, it's really fantastic. Just for ease of use, um, it, it, we, we have run it many times now, and it's just, it's good. Like, it's really good. It's a fantastic way to make eggs. Isaac does not seem to approve. No, he's cranky because he needs a nap. Mm. Oh, hi, mm-hmm. Isaac. So, so what? What type of eggs are you uh, making? Well, I've I've done it for just hard boiled, and I also did it because I had a, a New Year's party that I went to, and I decided to make Double deviled egg? eggs. And so we ran it. I asked Laura to start it while I was at work, and we ran it like four times and made two dozen eggs. And they were, they were, Andy, I've never had an easier time de-shelling the egg. Like, forget all the, the rest of the convenience. Forget the fact that they were evenly cooked and perfectly cooked. And I didn't have to worry about like, is it too soon? Is it too late? Is it overdone, underdone? Like it was just done. Um, they're super, super easy to de-shell. That's probably because of the hole that you poke in them beforehand so that mm-hmm. when they're... Because essentially, you're not boiling the eggs, you're steaming the eggs. Yeah. And what, like, if there's the hole in the shell, then the steam is getting inside the egg and so it, it like, is getting between the shell and the egg and it's making it easy to just take the shell off. It's fantastic. I... I, I, again, I'm against the idea of a unitasker, but holy crap. I'm wondering if I could use it to, like, steam other things, and that maybe it's worth experimenting. Like, could I steam broccoli in this? Because it's, again, it's really all it's doing is it's just steaming the eggs. I, I don't know. You'll have to try it out and let us know. It's really good, Andy. I recommend this thing. Um, Laura and I have already decided that, like, for next year, for Christmas, we're just buying a crap ton of these as gifts for people. It, it's so useful. Like, I'm so happy with it. Okay, so I, I enjoy eggs. Okay. Um, but I normally do, like, you know, uh, I, do, I do the fried eggs, right? I've tried doing yeah. scrambled eggs. How, <laughs> how does it work for those type of eggs? I have not tried using this for fried or scrambled eggs. Uh, it would not do very well for fried egg because, again, you're steaming, steaming it. Steaming it. Well, granted, when I fry the eggs, I actually, you know, somewhat steam them. Okay, but, like, not really. Like, you steam the top of them, yeah? Because you yeah. put the ice cube in the, the, the pan? No, I don't put the do ice you, cube in the pan. Oh, you don't put the ice cube in the pan? No. I put the three oh, eggs I've, in there, and then I sprinkle some cheese, and then I put the lid on. Make sure okay. it's on a low heat. <coughs> I know some people who will put an ice cube in there and then put a lid on it because then it steams the egg. Um, yeah, I haven't tried making like fried eggs with it. I, I've only done the hard-boiled setting, uh, and it works really well for that. And I'm perfectly okay with that. If I want a fried egg, I pull out the the frying pan and I fry an egg. If I want scrambled eggs, I pull out the frying pan. I make scrambled eggs. Poaching an egg, I might try this because again, poaching is just cooking it in water. Mm-hmm. So I might do that. The the only thing so there's one thing I don't like about it, which is the buzzer is annoying as hell. It's like it is the grossest sound that they could have picked. Um and 
I kind of wish I'd gotten the 12 egg model. I probably wouldn't use it for 12 eggs very often, but when you have to make like a really large portion of deviled eggs for for a, a party or if you need to um you want to just have a bunch of hard-boiled eggs for salads or or you're doing food prep for the week, that's super convenient. Um but the 6 one actually does work pretty well. The 6 one works really well actually. I'm I'm very pleased with it. All right, I see the omelet attachment in there, so yeah, let's see. Yep, I haven't tried that. I don't know if I ever will try that, because I don't need to. <laughs> oh, eggs, you can do them so many ways. Yep. Okay, so that was the Dash Egg <clears throat> Cooker. Rapid. Rapid, sorry. Rapid Egg Cooker. Rapid Egg Cooker. Yep. <clears throat> now, do you just leave this on the counter? Uh, it lives in a drawer. Okay. That was that was the challenge, actually. It was like, oh, cool, where do we put this? <laughs> Running out of space in my kitchen. Gotcha. All right. Um, so, random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. What is the longest religious service you've ever attended? Longest religious service I've ever attended? Mm-hmm. Probably, like, the High Holy Day services back at, at Temple. How long were those? Two to three hours. Okay. I I can think sort of it would be around two hours, two and a half hours ish. Mm-hmm. And that would be the uh, Christmas Eve midnight services at Zion. The uh, the midnight services were the ones where the um, you would have all the music people playing. So you know you'd have the handbell choir doing it. You'd have the organist doing you know really fancy music. You'd have the hand uh, the regular choir singing all that stuff there. I had to, uh, yeah, I was in the choir at that point, or the handbell choir, oh. and so you know we had so to get you there were, ahead you of time. Were there for a while, yeah, because we had all the prelude music for like an hour before the service actually started. And then the whole service was an hour plus. It was Christmas Eve, so communion took extra time. So you know it was after midnight by the time everything finally wrapped up. So yeah, it was about two, two and a half hours. So it was, um, yeah. That was a long one. Well, that was long. It's not as long as, you know, with the time I you know, played drums in one service, read the scripture in another service, and then the handbell choir was in a third service, so I literally hit every service that we had at church that year. That was a long day. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, no, two and a half hours, but if we want to count, you know, the whole evening of multiple Christmas services as like one big Christmas time extravaganza then I would say that but yeah oof. those were long days so yeah so well uh, that's my answer okay well I think that's everything then yep that's uh that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast if you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>